Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, and welcome back to a Day of Prayers Morning Bible Study Podcast. We're so glad you could join us and be a part of our family. Before we get into the Word, Lila, can you please open us up in prayer, please? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for today and for the good things you've blessed us with, Lord, and the beautiful weather you've given us to enjoy, Lord. And I ask that you will continue to have your light shine out into the world, Lord, and guide us as we go along our days, Lord, and send your Holy Spirit to minister to each and every one of us as we do our devotionals, Lord, and share with each other what you've been ministering. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so... Again, we're continuing our study of 1 Corinthians in chapter 4. And could I get a volunteer to read from verses 9 through 16, please? I will. All right, sir. For I think that God has displayed us, the apostles, last as men condemned to death, for we have been made a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but we are white, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. To the present hour, we both hunger and thirst, and we are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. And we labor, working with our own hands. Being reviled, we bless. Being persecute, persecuted, we endure. Being defamed, we entreat. We have been made as a filth of the earth, the offscoring of all things until now. I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have ten thousand instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore I urge you, imitate me. Okay. So, the floor is yours to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you, and to ask any questions that you have. So, who'd like to begin? I will. All right, LaCharles. Um, I found verse 12 interesting where he was talking about, and how he said, and we labor working without, with working with their own hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we endure. Two things really stood out to me in this uh, verse of scripture. The first was that Paul is saying here that he's going through all the stuff that Jesus said was going to happen to them and how you should love your enemy and how while Paul said all these things were happening to him, he didn't hate the people who were doing it to them. He still continued to bless and act as though, act in what the Lord told him to act in. And the second thing I found interesting was when he was talking how they have all these, I'd say, houses and stuff while they work with their own hands. I know what Paul's saying here is not saying that they don't have to work, but there is a different type of work. Meaning that they aren't looking for a handout and saying, 
just give me what I want because an apostle, you should be paying for my cost of living. But he was willing to go out and work. And while he was working, he was ministering as the Lord instructed him to do. Meaning he wasn't just sitting there saying, I'm going to only do what you told me to do in this moment, Lord. But going and doing as the Lord told him to do throughout his journey. Because the Lord told him to make tents and stuff. And how Paul had to still be obedient to that as well as being obedient to being apostle. There's no sacrificing one thing the Lord tells you to do to do the other thing. He wants you to do multiple things at once and still do it to your best of ability. Not saying, Lord, you told me to do that previously and I don't really want to do that, so I'm going to go do this. But he says, do everything. Okay. Okay. Mm, Yes. Not... Again, it's as the Lord leads. Not, oh, yes. you gave me a new, I love how you pointed that out, sir. Uh, well, now that you gave me a new thing to do, I don't have to do the old stuff. Right? Yes. was what you were getting at. It's, no, I have to continue to do the first things. And on top of that, the new things that you've given me. Yes. Okay, well stated, sir. Anyone else? I'll go... <clears throat> the Lord showing me four, verse 14 to verse 16 where it says I do not write these things to shame you but as my beloved children I warn you for for though you might have 10,000 instructions in Christ yet you do not have many fathers for in Christ I have begotten you through the gospel therefore I urge you imitate Sorry. It's okay. It's all right. Go ahead. The Lord was showing me that when Paul said he was warning them, he he wasn't just saying, he was saying that that's what was going to come, not that you're, yes, he was telling them this is what's going to come because you're in Christ and not going like, almost everybody hates it when, let's say, Dad tells Leila to go tell me to go clean the bathroom, but Leila never relays the message. So, and then Dad comes downstairs and goes, promise, why don't you go clean the bathroom? My arm. And I'm surprised, not in a positive, but in a negative way, going, nobody told me to do the bathroom. Okay. Okay. And what does that mean to you? Bring it together for us, baby. Which, it means to us that, wait, let me backtrack. There's also a second part, that Layla might, there's also instances when Dad tells us the same message, Layla relays it, relays it to me, but I put it off and I end up forgetting what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then Dad comes and says, promise, why is in the bathroom? And I go, nobody, oh yeah, Layla told me to go to the bathroom. Okay. So it's both on the person who relays the message and the person that who's supposed to receive it. Okay. As the person who receives the message, it's my duty and my part to go okay and write on the tab and write what the Lord says on the table of my heart and not forget it. And if I'm the person who gives out the message, it's my part. It's my duty to say exactly what the Lord said and nothing more, nothing less. Uh-huh. 
And also, the Lord is showing me where it, in verse 15 where it says, Though you might have 10,000, though you might have 10,000 instructions, instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ I have begun you through the gospel. Okay, explain, sir. So the Lord showed me that even though you may have a 10,000 instruct, instructors in Christ, you still have only one father. Mm -hmm. And there's one main father, and that's the Lord, but there's also the people that brought you to Christ. And us, that the Lord's talking about that the not that you shouldn't block out the instructors and other people and just listen to the person who brought you in, brought you into the Lord, but you should also listen to them all, but you should listen to whoever, whomever the Lord tells you to listen to. You shouldn't just go, well, Lord, this guy seems better. He's not he's not as frank as the, this guy, so I'm just going to go listen to him. So, do you think God has purpose in who he sends to minister to us? Yes. Okay. And so, as you're discussing what the apostle is saying to them, it's that remember that this is who God gave the honor of placing in a, a father role in this way. Respect them and, and give them the honor that's right for them to have. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. God is purposeful in everything that he does. And no... No person is a substitute for our Lord and Savior, oh, Jesus yes. Christ. But just like he knits a natural family together, he does knit a spiritual family together called the body of Christ. And whom he's given the honor and the reward, we're, we're going to reap reward at the end of our journey. What, what does remain will be rewarded for, right? Our, the end of yes. our, the culmination of our life when we transition from this natural world into the spiritual world fully, um, there's going to be reward when we are judged by the Lord. So who God gives the honor to, the apostles reminding him, yes, you have instructors, but instructors are not the same as fathers. And while you appreciate everything God gives to you and you take all of the word of God to heart, remember that and minister the, the, the right measure of respect to a spiritual father. Yes. And I'd say the question, uh, more for the kids just to see how you would process this. So if we look at 16, and Paul says, um, be imitators, right, is a way of saying that. So um, is he saying that we should be like a clone, an exact representation of him? What is he, what is he actually saying there? Who wants to? I'll explain that. <laughs> that was going to be the part of what I was talking about, Mommy. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Go ahead, sweetheart, and then everyone else can have a chance to answer as well. Like a couple of days ago, Dad was talking about you're not supposed to be clones. Like, everybody's the same way and thinks the same thing. But that when Paul says you're supposed to imitate him, that you're supposed to not do exactly what he did, like make tents, go on the same journey, get yourself arrested. <laughs> not that Paul got himself arrested, but force yourself to get arrested because that's not the plan that the Lord gave you, but... What he means is following the plan, the plan and destiny that the Lord gave you, not hopping on, trying to hop on the track that Paul was on. Oh. And also, believing in the Lord and 
Yes, that's what I mean. Believe in the Lord. Go ahead. Answer Mr. Dean's question. They look um, like they all want to answer it. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so we'll give them all yeah. the opportunity. It's okay. There's make sure you're answering the question. Yes. Do that. Like Pross was saying how when you're supposed to imitate people, I think Paul is more so saying imitate the good he's trying to do. Don't try to lay the foundation for yourself and try to build on it. But have He's already set up the foundation. There's no need to dig it up to put your own down and then start building. But he was saying, use the knowledge he has and continue to go deeper in the Lord and use all the mistakes that he made. Uh, Mr. Dean, in your business, you have a saying that you can't make all mistakes in your life so you learn from others' mistakes. Same is true here. How he's saying that Paul has made mistakes in his life and not to go and do those mistakes as well but to use some mistakes to push forward in life and go deeper in the Lord. Yes, and, and both of you are completely accurate in what you're saying, but there's still more. Um, when Paul says imitate me, he's talking about the good characteristics, the Christ-like behaviors that he has in him. Like he says, follow me as I follow Christ. So imitate me as I imitate him. You, the good behaviors you see in me, implement it into your own life and walk in that, not what you find in other people. Just like children, I imitate mommy and dad. The good things that I see in them, I copy it. I'm imitating them, not trying to be them, but I am imitating them. Yes, like all my darling siblings said. We're not supposed to be copies per se, but there is an element of being a copy. And if Paul's a copy of Jesus, whom is the original mold, we likewise should also be a copy of Jesus and replicate that. And like LaTaros pointed out, that doesn't mean we're supposed to jump on Paul's journey and start making tents and whatever else and get on his train track, but to run our own race, but still follow those elements that God has already ordained and said, this is good, this is what I want. Because if you're following what God says and what he clearly lays out in his word and what he clearly states, there is going to be an element of overlapping where you look like another believer. And that's how it should be. That's how the world knows us. They'll know us by our fruit. And you can't tell a fruit if there's only one of a kind. You get confused on what it was. And I, th I think you all uh, answered that well. So uh, Layla was saying more what I was trying to draw out of that, that, you know, we're imitating Paul as he imitates Christ. And there's one other point there that we'll get into in our, our next Bible study, and that is that um, Paul not only asked us to do something, um, he didn't command us, but he asked us to do something. He also gave us the resources to bring it about, as he sent Timothy, as we'll find out later. Mm -hmm. So... Um, we need to remember that as well, too, as we're, as we're, um, as we are imitating Christ, we're always pointing back to Christ and helping others. We make it easy to make that journey, do everything we can uh, to make that possible for them to live that out and help them do that. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that, thank you, Dean, in that example, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. So that clearly didn't mean he wanted them to follow his Pharisee ways. <clears throat> and start 
participating in stoning believers and right he didn't want them to do that part but it was the as he followed christ part because he learned how to be steadfast he learned how to be immovable he learned how to buffet his flesh he learned how to um perceive the things of god to receive revelation from god and to put those revelations into action in his daily life so he wanted them to learn the same things and avoid the things don't stone people don't you know don't <laughs> don't stone fellow believers don't get mis misguided on what god said is truth and what man says is truth yeah. because once there is a separation of the two when man no longer confesses what god says you have to deal with that accordingly and put it in another category so absolutely and thank you dean and Layla. that was great uh All of it was, yes. Well, specifically the imitate me as I imitate Christ. I, I, you skipped ahead a bit. It's in 1 Corinthians 11, which is fine. Which, that's what we're here for, right? Okay. These things are written so that we would know. They're written repeatedly for us to learn, right? It's a safeguard for us so that we learn these things. Um, and I like your example there, Promise. Using natural things, right? What occurs every day. And... But there's there's more and there's there's I'll say greater intention in what is being done or what has been set in place in motion than just having someone else instruct you on what to do. Right? There is opportunity for everyone. Multiple opportunities. Right? There it's not a so much testing, but it is the and then the Lord does this exact same thing. He gives us the opportunity to hear his word, whatever he has spoken. And it might be for someone else, not necessarily for ourselves, but to go and say the exact thing that was said, right? In there is also, uh, I'll say that there is a test of obedience, but to demonstrate our faithfulness because we love the Lord, right? So there's a an aspect of, can I trust this person? Are they faithful to do what they've been instructed to do? If it's to do the job or to pass the message on to someone else. And then for that person, they're, they're also, because of the relationship and the knowledge, is that something that I or your dad would say? Or does that sound outside my nature and character? And then you can, yes, confer with your brother or sister, whoever was sent to you. But most importantly... If, you, if there's a lack of clarity, who should you seek out? The Lord. Okay. The Lord. In this case, in this example, right, it, it's me, right? You're going to go to, to me, your dad, your, your earthly father, and receive the clarification, right? Yes. And then the additional instruction that, that there might be, or right, you're, you're going to run through the game plan again and make sure nothing was missed so that you can execute it in full, complete, in excellence, as unto the Lord, right? Yes. Which then is also the demonstration or opportunity to demonstrate your faithfulness. And if you will do what's been asked of you. Does that make sense? Yes. So it, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than just what was said. There is opportunity in everything that the Lord asks us to do. One, to see if we will be obedient or demonstrate our obedience, our willingness to be obedient to the Lord, and then to actually, by actually doing what he told us to do, or to pass it on to whoever. 
And then whoever he instructs us to share that word or do that action for whatever it is, whatever he's instructed us to do. And then is, there is also built an opportunity for the other individual to receive the word that was spoken or reject it. All right? Because it's not our word. We're to be speaking and doing what the Lord says to say and to do. So whether they will receive the word or action spoken or reject it. And then, again, there's the opportunity to, for them to come into alignment and obedience with the Lord. Or if, there's, if they're not sure, to bring it before Him. All right? So we see this the same pattern over and over and over again. And so in, in so doing, yes, we also see what, the point you were making of, yeah, you have many teachers, because I can send any one of you. And why can I send any one of you? Everyone has capability. Maybe you have the willingness to be obedient. Maybe you don't, right? But that will be demonstrated, okay? But there is the, well, yes, it's opportunity. There is capability. But it's still deeper. What will you do with it? You're also all equals. No one is above another in this case, right? Yes. Okay. So just, and this is something we discuss quite constantly, right? Yes. The four of you are equals. Yes, there's a difference in ages and, and a lot of other differences. However, you are equal with each other. There's a difference between you, though, and your mother and I. The Lord has appointed us to a certain place. Do we lord it over you? No. no, because you're still our brothers and sisters in Christ. So all the actions and everything we do ultimately is to serve, well, the Lord, but you through serving the Lord, right? To teach you, to train you, to guide you, to build you up, to admonish you, to have your own relationship with him. So yes, we've been appointed over you, but we're still serving you as fellow co-heirs and sis brothers and sisters in Christ. Even though this position, this place, this authority has been given to us, it's not lorded over you. And we don't tell you, you, never have you heard, do what I say and not what I do. But we demonstrate our love for the Lord and also our love for you by living out our love as an example. All right, which is the exact thing that he's communicating here. All right, as a father, I'm doing these things. Be imitators of me. Even though you see all the, the rejection and the hostility, and right? That's not yes. what he's doing. He's blessing, doing what the Lord said, blessing those that curse him, praying for those that spitefully use him, right? Even yes. though if you look at Paul, especially in Acts, it's not a fun and easy journey. He's literally being persecuted. He's being chased from place to place. As Promise pointed out, he was being arrested multiple times. Not that he sought out to be arrested, right? But it happened. He was being hidden. He's being snuck away, smuggled out of places because people literally wanted to kill him. But he's all right. But he's also doing what the Lord said: when they when they try to persecute you, when they try to do this, flee, go to the next city. And the next city being the city that the Lord 
lead, led him to go to. Right, because there was other cities where he says, and like in Romans uh, 15, he talks about, hey, I want to go do these things. I want to come visit you. I plan in the flesh. I plan to do these things. But that wasn't the Lord's plan. So even though I want to do these things, I have to go be obedient to what the Lord told me to do. And so, which is why you see him, whether it's in, I'll say Philippians 4, right? There's a 4, 8. Whatever is true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there is virtue in anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, which are what? In verse 9, he says, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. All right? Peter says things a little differently in Peter. Um, I can't remember if it's just first or second Peter. But he's saying, if you do these things, you will neither be unfruitful or unprofitable in the kingdom. That's the whole point of a parent, and especially as a father, which he's saying. It's so that you can replicate fatherhood, right? That you can be successful in life. Does that make sense? Yes. I don't want you to just, fatherhood is not determined by, oh, because uh, you did the action that then led to or produced offspring. That doesn't make you a parent in the legal sense, earthly legal sense. Yes, it does. But a parent, as in the, the fourth stage, if you will, described in First John, a parent is one that is matured, has reached a level of maturity and wisdom and knowledge and understanding so they can impart that to others as well as guide them, protect them, right, unlike a shepherd, and lead them in the way that they should go because you know what's best for them and also what is harmful or detrimental to them in their life. And also, and also not just that they can do the work, they are doing exactly. the work and practicing those things because the father that just cast a seed, if you will, can do it, but they do not do it. So that's why they don't fulfill that. They are biological, but they are not operating in the place of a father because they are not doing the continual actions required that demonstrates the maturity, the willingness, the growth, the ability, and the understanding to continue to impart to that generation underneath that you are raising up and to continually and actively participate in the God kind of way in that raising up. Exactly. And we talk about Christ, right? He was our example. That's why Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, as I follow the example set before me and live it out, which is also what he exhorts Timothy to do. Getting a little ahead there, brother, I know. But, um, but that is the encouragement that every father should have, right? Uh, in Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 4, he, he instructs him. The first verse, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. All right? The same things that he was doing and living out, that he instructed others. He, was, he instructed everybody, especially those that he raised up and he discipled. 
people like Timothy and Titus and, and others. Do these things, the things you see in me, the good things that you ultimately come from Christ, that I receive from Christ. Those things do. They, right, that I have lived out and lived as an example. The first example being Christ. Anyone else have anything they want to share? Okay. So I'll say that just to build on the, on the first point, right? It's be that example. Okay? There are already built-in opportunities. The Lord, in His infinite wisdom, has all these opportunities for us. They're built in. We have to choose to be in alignment and obedient. So one, we can recognize the opportunity. And two because of our, our willingness to be obedient. And our obedience comes from our love for the Father. I'm not talking about myself. I'm literally talking about our Heavenly Father. Right? Our love for the Father that we would do, live, execute in excellence the things that He has called us to do, right? With a, a right heart and mind, a right attitude. Right? Yes. Okay. Well, I get back there. Who else has something they want to share? Um, I also kind of saw with Paul's example when we were reading um, some of chapter four, like towards the ending, like from verses nine through thirteen. I also see him telling them that, "Hey, we are the example for you." Look and learn from these things. This is, I wouldn't say the trouble is what you want per se, but this is, this is what it's like. This is our job. Our job is to be made the example for you, what we would consider somebody looking foolish. This is what God has asked of us so that you can learn and that you can be edified and grown. If nobody tells you it's sin or something is sin, how are you going to know? You're not. So unless somebody comes along and goes, hey, that sin that goes outside of God's commandment, here's how we should do this. This is a better way. You're not going to know and you're going to live your life in ignorance, sinning all the live long day. And then it's going to come the time and you're standing before the judgment seat. And he's like, well, then why didn't you do this? And you can't give him the answer. Well, I didn't know because that's not going to cut the mustard. So Paul is saying, hey, we're being made an example for you. Learn, pay attention, and listen. Just like how you and mommy would tell us stories about your childhood and the things that you did that were right and the things that you did that weren't right so that we could learn and we can avoid those same mistakes. Again, as Bobby pointed out, that Mr. Dean's got a little poster that says, um, unless you learn from people's mistakes, you're going to waste your whole lifetime because it's not like you can make them all yourself anyway, so you might as well just learn from them. Uh-huh. Paul and the apostles and Jesus himself wrote these things down. It was recorded for our benefit so that we don't make the same mistakes. We don't miss out on the greater prize and fall short. And it's not just about mistakes. And in, in what Paul is saying here, he's saying that we're learning and we're growing. And this is something we talk to you guys about often. You shouldn't have to reinvent the wheel every generation. Exactly. 
each generation is coming back to the basics that Jesus is Lord. We should serve him and never going into the deeper things of God. He's telling them here, you're benefiting from these struggles, this, this time that we're spending conquering. Um, and they're being made a fool of. They're being ridiculed and mocked. And all of this, God is allowing them to see. And they're, they're forerunners, if you will, front runners in this phase of the journey. The, the other, the prophets went before them. And then Jesus Christ, you know, as in the timeline of um, how God worked this out and, and what we see in the earth. But he's saying you're being blessed and benefited by what we're overcoming and that you get to watch us from a safe distance. And then you become wiser as a result of what we have gained and gathered from Jesus Christ. You didn't have to sit in fast for two weeks for this. You didn't have to go out into the wilderness for 20 years mm -hmm. to, to get this message from Christ yourself. You're able to hear it from me in a night or two or a couple of months, what took him 20 years to gain. You're able to have it without that particular cost. And now you can build further. You can grow and go higher. You can stand on this wisdom that literally Paul had to sit out there in the, in the desert or whatever he was doing out there with him and the Lord to hear these messages, to hear this truth that God is imparting and planted in him. And now it's so much easier for this generation that he's talking to, the ones that he begot, that he's their father in the faith. They have an easier road to understand these things, these mysteries of God, just like you guys. There's no reason that you should be having to discover for yourself the first principles and the oracles of God. Jesus is Lord. Yes, it's important, but that's the basic thing. That's not even talking about the authority we have in Jesus Christ, your identity in Christ, the purpose and the plan that God has for your destiny. That's not even getting into those things. It's just talking about the basics. So they're able to partake of the wisdom that Paul had to, oh, I'll make air quotes, but had to work for. He had to labor to get these, he had to set aside time. He had to persevere. He had to endure. It took some, in those, those lashings, he learned something about the Lord and those stonings. He learned to trust God. And now that he can report to them, Hey, God brought me through this and they could benefit. And now they're able to go higher and to go deeper. Does that make sense? So yes. it's not always a bad thing. It's not always a mistake that God wants us to learn from, even though he does want us to learn from mistakes, but it's also from the the goodness of God, the things that the faith building, the tried and true revelations and understandings and knowledge of who Jesus Christ is mm -hmm. and who he wants us to be, what he's created us for, all of those things that he also wants us to share with the next generation or the others around us. That's a part of being a father. That's a part of the blessing mm -hmm. of being an obedient child. Mm -hmm. Because when you disconnect yourself, you don't get to hear the conquering and the wisdom and the, the, what you can stand on so that you can reach higher. You miss all that, which is also why the enemy tries to cut people off and separate them from their families, which leads back to him saying, you have many instructors, but you don't have many fathers. The fathers mm -hmm. who he joins you to, so you can per take, have good perspective and view of, perch yourself and watch. Okay, my dad in the faith, Paul has already gone this journey. He's already learned this from God. Now I'm going to take that because it is the truth of God and I'm going to implement it and walk on it versus having, I know I got to go spend my own 20 years in the wilderness to figure this out when God has already said it. Does that make sense? Yes. And, and to build on that, right? Because I know you, uh, me and us as an example and uh, the structure the Lord has given us for our house, right? As a, a father and as a mother, right? What are 
I'll, I'll say in teaching and in being a father and, and passing on that wisdom, that knowledge, that understanding. In the Old Testament especially, what are the prophets constantly instructed to teach the people? Obedience. Okay. But then also how to, yes, distinguish, but how to, or yeah, distinguish is the word, or how to separate the holy from the profane, right? Yes. Okay. So, as you were pointing out, honey, all this wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that has been received and given to us by the Holy Spirit, we're passing on to you, each of you. And then, uh, I'll say the word is opportunity. You constantly have opportunity and opportunities. They're built into, A, identify it, but then, and I'll, I'll actually rewind a second here. It says you might have 10,000 instructors, and part of the structure in our home is what? The four of you are equals. Each of you, at any time, mostly as you're led by the Holy Spirit, right, which is how we've instructed you, has the opportunity to speak into each other's life, to rebuke, to exhort, to encourage, to admonish, right? Yes. Okay. And then we've also said if, if your brother or sister won't listen, to do what? Bring a sibling. Brother, Bring a sibling. Then after and, that, go to you, mommy. Okay. Isn't that the same structure and pattern that the Lord has set up? But in, in so doing, in following that, are not each of you considered an instructor over the other one? Yes. So it's already built in that you have a role in a place. You also have a role in the ability to demonstrate your understanding of what is holy versus what is profane and help your brother and sister in Christ. In this case, actual brother and sister, but also brother and sister in Christ, right? Instructing them on the way that they should go so that you can recognize it so that when you reach that level of maturity, right? That a, a father or mother has not swayed by emotion and all those other things, right? That we see in our youth and not our adolescence, right? But when you reach that level of maturity that a father has and is able to function in spite of what is happening around them, they're not moved by their emotions, then, then you can instruct the future generation with everything that's already been poured into you. And if you follow the same pattern, the opportunities are, are there built in already. And you can improve and expound upon them as the Lord has continues to give you insight. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, uh, yes I appreciate Paul and his writings, as, as we have pointed out, right? As, as the Holy Spirit gave him, or the Father gave him through his Holy Spirit. But it doesn't stop here. We should be building upon these things as the Holy Spirit continues to minister to us. Right? Yes. Yes, we should be careful how we build on them. Not that we are building on them, but allowing the Holy Spirit to continue to build. Right? We should all reach a level of being teachers, not just on the foundational things. We should be going beyond that. I can't both be a father and still drinking the milk. How does that work? And how can I instruct you? 
I should be growing and continually growing every day. And every day pursuing and growing deeper in my relationship with the Lord and the knowledge and the wisdom or wisdom and knowledge and understanding that he gives me so I can continue to pass it down so that you can be strengthened and built up even greater than where I'm at in this generation or my generation and continuing down the line. You know, that generational work is designed to make us more perfect believers, more perfect pursuers of Jesus Christ. We learn from Paul so we can pursue God with less hiccups, with less distractions, with less wandering around, but more targeted, focused efforts and accurate efforts in our pursuit of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, let's pause there for today. This is a lot to take in, a lot to let the Holy Spirit minister to us about. Um, and for the listeners, if there are any questions, or if you just want to talk about the Word, please reach out, email us at adayofprayeryahoo.com. Or if, or if this message, if it's a question, or if this message touched you and, and you'd like to let us know, please, we'd love to hear from you and connect with you. So, uh, that being said, we'll, we'll pause there. And uh, with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Kyle. Lord, we just thank you for your wisdom, God, that you've poured out on us, God, and that you continue to teach us, God, and that you've given us this example to learn from and to grow as we continue to follow you, God. I ask that you keep our listeners and our partners, God, and that you reveal you, reveal more to them, God, and reveal more to us as we continue to study your word, God, and help us to better understand you, God, and what it is you're saying. And we just thank you for this time for allowing us to get together, God, and for all our spiritual fathers and mothers. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.